Mr. Downton. Yeah, um, Mr. Pete. Mr. Pete. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be Mr. Pete. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. <laughs> I don't want it. It's a real world. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real. I don't. It's a real one. I don't use it. But it's not in your vocab. Down to done. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Right. No. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of CLNS Media, also dailythunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 5 o'clock Central Standard Time. Thank you so much for listening. Our show today is brought to you by Grady Carter of Metro Brokers of Oklahoma. Grady wants to be your homeboy. Homeboyok.com, homeboyok on social media. If you're looking to buy a house or if you're looking to sell the house that you're in right now, Grady is your guy. He is a GRI designee, which means that he knows everything there is to know about buying or selling a home. So contact Grady today via social media or through his website. Grady's just the man. He's just a great guy. You will come away very happy that you have found the home of your dreams or you've got a good price on your house. And you'll be really happy that you've got a new friend in Grady. So contact Grady today. On the line with me is my good, good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. We're doing this early. Um, if you guys don't know, Alex and I, Alex is one of my best friends from childhood. And it's really fun that we could do this together. So Alex lives in Portland <laughs> Yeah, now. so in your face. In your face, everybody that doesn't do things like this with your friends. <laughs> um, the, the Thunder won last night. Uh, by one point, 109 to 108, at home to the Brooklyn Nets. And you know what? The Nets were really awesome last night. Like, they moved the ball well. They played good defense. They hunted good shots. Uh, they made a good percentage of their shots. Uh, Joe Harris was on fire. Um, but the Thunder pulled it out mostly because of our thick daddy, Ray Felton, who scored 10 straight points to start the fourth quarter. That was glorious. Uh, what, are, what, are, what are your thoughts on last night? Oh, that was so cool. The, the only thing that was missing was I, I was really hoping for a, like a real heat check. Yeah, from Felton because his his the last when he was coming up the court for like the tenth point he ended up shooting a little floater. Mm-hmm. But I was really hoping he would just jack like a half court shot, step across half court and launch it from yeah. the Thunder logo. That's what I was waiting for. But he was so pumped up that was really cool because yeah. I think they called a timeout right after that tenth point. And yeah, he was fired up. That was fun. Well, I think it definitely goes along with what we talked about last week in the Thunder bench. Like, the Thunder bench has won them at least, like, last night, I was just off the top of my head, three games for sure that they've won for this team. Uh, Felton was great. I thought, I think Patterson is just getting better and better. And the 17 minutes that he's playing, I think he should play more than that. But I kind of like how Jeremy Grant only played 11 minutes last night, and you got Patrick Patterson 17. I think that's more in line with where they should be. Um, Our guy Alex Sabrinas is clearly not in the rotation, at least for now. Mm. Uh, Terrence Ferguson's out there just jacking shots. I mean, once the ball touches his fingers, it's going up. Uh, he was one of five last night from three. Uh, Josh, he, has, oh, go ahead. He, has so, he has so much skin. Just, <laughs> I think it's because he, he doesn't wear any oh, accessories. Yeah. And don't, d- does he wear his shorts a little high? Oh, he's oh he wears the short shorts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah, man, he's just like all legs. <laughs> he is. He's so funny to watch play. Yeah. He looks so young at the free throw line. Yeah. He, when they zoom in on his face, he's nineteen. I mean, he's, I know that's crazy. You've got thirty-two-year-old Mello out there, or thirty-three-year-old Mello out there with nineteen-year-old Terrence Ferguson, and Mello <laughs> loves Ferguson for whatever reason. Like he will go out of his way to compliment him. I don't know if you saw like their pregame whenever they were warming up. You can, I think it, this is on the Reddit page, the Thunder Reddit page. Um, but they like do this like little dance, like Ferguson's pretending to defend Mello, but instead they just start dancing together. It's <laughs> I've not seen that. It's a wonderful relationship. Uh, it makes me like Terrence Ferguson a whole lot more um, than I did before. Uh, Josh Hughes has played about eleven minutes. He hit a really big three down the stretch. Played some decent defense. Uh, so the bench was great. 
I thought the starters really struggled in the first half, and then they ended up being able to close at Russ with an incredible layup. I thought Brooklyn defended that maybe as good as you can. Paul George just completely lays out Spencer Dinwiddie. If you go look at the replay, I mean, he just basically pushes him over as Russ is going to the bucket. Uh, and then they met him at the rim. And, you know, good on Russ for driving to the basket. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a solid win. This Thunder team, for whatever reason, has really struggled after they win a big game. I don't know if they've won any games after they've won a big game. Um but after they beat the Cavs, you know, I I was like, the most thundery thing to happen would be they lose to the Nets at home. But right. they pulled it out. I mean, there was definitely opportunity for the Nets to win it. I, In fact, on the if you're watching at home like I was, like Jay was, it looks on the Thunder broadcast, it looks like that Spencer did when he shot went in. And you kind of had to, like, check the score and... You're kind of like, like, why are the Nets so upset? Like, Spencer Dinwiddie just had a game-winning shot, but did not go in. Thunder win. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a solid win for them. Probably not the best quality because the Nets have only won 18 games this season. But the Nets played really well. And, you know, you have to credit the Thunder for um, showing a little something there at the end. B- Billy said it might have been their best win of the season. I mean, I can, I can see where he's coming from. I mean, it's, he's definitely incorrect. Uh, <laughs> I can see where he's coming from, though, in that this these are typically a game like this is where the Thunders just don't show up. And, you know, back in you know November, uh, they lose this game by 10, probably like they they did. They just wouldn't show up. But tonight or last night, they showed up. They ended up winning the game. I think it's a big one. Uh, they play Washington Thursday night. Uh, the Wizards are really struggling. They're a mess. Uh, to the point where J.J. Barea is, had maybe the zing of the year <laughs> to John Wall. Um, did you see that? you see his quote? Yeah, that like none of his teammates like him. Yeah, he's like, well, now I have one person in the NBA that I don't like, and I'm pretty sure his teammates don't like him either. So, like, wow, <laughs> I really like you, J.J. Barea. You're really great. <clears throat> uh, but the Thunder, I think they, yeah, the Spurs are ahead of them now in net rating. So the Thunder are seventh in net rating. They're fourth uh, in defensive efficiency. Just uh, the Sixers, Spurs, and Celtics are ahead of them currently. And then they are just kind of, well, they're actually tied for 11th with the Wizards that come into town on Thursday. So um, kind of, I just feel like this is kind of a big week for this team. They don't play teams that are particularly good. I mean, the Wizards are a solid team, and Philly's a solid team. Detroit's struggling. Um, but I just feel it would say a lot about this team. And it would, I think a lot of people that have been naysayers or people that are saying, you know what, this team is not really going to amount to anything. I think if they can just beat these teams that they should beat this week, then it would say a lot about them. Yeah, it's weird. I do feel like the perception is already changing. Um, and maybe that's just because I listened to. Simmons and Lowe last week and they were, were kind of positive about the Thunder more than I was expecting but it seems like whatever was going on at the beginning of the year people have kind of gotten over that and now all the focus has turned to all these way more dysfunctional teams right including yeah. the Spurs yeah what a yeah. weird that Kawhi story is so weird I don't, and I don't it is really weird. I have, honestly I don't spend any time thinking about it because I think ultimately it will, this will amount to nothing. Right. Because you know? this happened with Tim Duncan. I mean, that's what all the Spurs fans were bringing up. They're like, yeah, he almost went to Orlando. Like mm-hmm. this happens and then the Spurs just figure it out. And then I don't know how much to trust Jalen Rose, you know? Oh, yeah. Because he said Kawhi was leaving, right? Uh, he, he was like the main person behind the idea that like Kawhi is unhappy in San Antonio. Yeah. Which seems I so don't weird. Know. That seems so weird. Yeah. But yeah, like the Cavs with their failed team meeting, the Wizards had a failed team meeting. <laughs> like we've had we've had quite the run of failed team meetings. Usually you hear about like how team meetings were so like cathartic and everyone right. came out of it feeling so much better. <laughs> Bradley Beal was like, Yeah, we really didn't accomplish anything. <laughs> That is, oh, okay. that is weird. I, you, and you have to wonder if Scott Brooks is maybe in a little bit of trouble there in Washington. Yeah. 
Yeah, because and and it might not even be his fault, but they need. A, uh, I mean, all these organizations always look for a fall guy. Apparently, right. it's Kevin Love in Cleveland. It's could be oh. Scotty Brooks in Washington. Yeah, um, yeah, you got to blame somebody. And I wouldn't. I mean, I, I don't think Kevin Love will be traded, but I mean, I think that's at least interesting for the Cavs because he could he could get you something of value back. You look at those other guys, and you're going to get like a George Hill who's on an awful contract or. You know, maybe you can get DeAndre. I don't know if you're the Clippers. I don't know that you trade DeAndre at this point. Like, I think it's probably more important for that team to make the playoffs um, and prove that like they're still a viable franchise without Chris Paul than it is right. to trade him and get. I don't even know. You're not getting the Brooklyn pick for him, so I don't even know what the point is. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorite trades for the Thunder? You have like guys that you're like, oh man, I really hope the Thunder could get this guy. Do you have any favorite trades? Um, this is a weird trade deadline year. Yeah, because um, I because like all the trades I come up with for Oklahoma City, I don't really believe. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I, I don't know how to judge the value of these guys, and because uh, when you say like the most likely to be traded in terms, and then also with the most value would be like Alex Abrinas. Yeah, I think that's right. And so I don't I have no clue what he might be able to bring back. And the reality is what I would want them to bring back would be someone kind of like Alex Abrinas, <laughs> like, yeah. like a shooter type, another wing, because mm-hmm. um, I feel like they're going to be able to get a backup center on the buyout market. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not that worried about that. Yeah, and I don't even know if they want a backup center. Why not? I just, I just think that they're very comfortable rolling with jeremy grant or with patterson there i don't know about that i don't know (laughs) if they should feel so comfortable i think they are i think i mean i'm comfortable with patterson but i I don't i'm not a huge fan of grant yeah the the numbers aren't as bad as you would think especially whenever if he can play like backup center and you pull adams early like he's right he's been really good with that group and i think come playoff time i think that you'll see that a lot if jeremy grant's still here i mean my dream is for the dallas Mavericks to buy out Nerlens Noel <laughs> and we somehow get Nerlens just for like half a season. Yeah. There were there were some rumblings of trade rumors with the Thunder and Nerlens Noel back in the day, so it's possible. Why is it like when I hear I was listening to Dunked On when they were doing their trade preview podcast mm-hmm. and they threw out like James Ennis. So I was like, "Well, yeah, that'd be cool, I guess." Yeah, I don't know if that. James Ennis is any good. Like what is I don't it's, it's yeah, so, just be it, you just be another guy. Yeah, it's tough. I I don't know. You have these guys that are in the context of not very good teams, you know, and it's it's just really hard to tell with these fringe guys like who could come in and play playoff minutes. Like I don't know if James right. can come in and play playoff minutes for the Thunder. Like I have no clue. And that's why you look at guys like a Courtney Lee or even a Rodney Hood or guys like that that are available. Alec Burks. You're like, okay, like I can see it with those guys. Those guys have proved it you know, over a long span of time, like James Ennis, like he's been you know, in and out of the league, in and out of rotations. I like, like the idea of him, but I just don't know. I don't know that that one just, that doesn't excite me at all. Yeah, well, I mean, all those other guys you mentioned, like Rodney Hood or Alec Burks, like those excite me, but I just, I cannot come up with a trade that I really believe that I wouldn't get laughed at. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about some trades later in the pod. Uh, and some of them, I mean, obviously, I think the most laughable was the Joffrey and campaign and Anthony Morrow. Right. I mean, like that. Like if you propose that before the trade deadline last year, everybody would say, what a homer. You're an idiot. You don't understand the salary cap. You don't understand basketball. Like, And then like, <laughs> I mean, it's just sometimes weird things happen. You just you just never know. I'd like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show. Go check out The Press. It's near downtown in the Plaza District. Uh, It's just a great restaurant if you want to go on a date, if you want to take a big group for a birthday or something like that. It's just a great restaurant. Go check them out. They've got an awesome bar. Uh, Their food is great. If you love brunch, you got to go check out their brunch. Cornflake fried chicken sandwich, biscuits and gravy, breakfast hash, just incredible, incredible items on their menu. Uh, it's it's a really diverse menu. They really have something for everyone. So check out the press today. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at the press.
so Russell Westbrook made the all-star team, which I don't Yay. feel like people are really talking a whole lot about. I guess a good thing. Why, why not? I don't why know. Not? Because we've got a snub on our hands. What? January 24th is National Snub Day. This is where we talk about all the snubs. Uh, Paul George was snubbed from the all-star team. What are your thoughts? Uh, so first of all, I, I definitely think like if there were no conf- if conferences weren't involved yeah, in a selection process, I would probably take Lou Williams, Paul George and Nikola Jokic over three of the East guys. Oh, easily. Yeah. Like I really like those three. Um, yes, Paul George was probably snubbed. Like who, who is like the obvious choice for you in terms of a replacement? I think Dame. Oh, really? Because mm-hmm. if see, I've heard Dame, I've heard Clay, and then I've heard Draymond. Yeah, I think I, th- I would probably keep Clay in there because he's. I mean, he's had a really good season. Uh, he has. His stats are crazy. I don't. I mean, Draymond has had a down year. Yes, and, and he's being rewarded because he's on this great team. All that. Like I get putting him in the all-star game. I'm like, I'm not, there's no, like Dame is, and um, Draymond, they're not like egregious picks. It's like, I cannot believe that you would do this. It's like, well, you know, if I were to take somebody out, it'd be one of those two. And I'd slide Paul George in because Paul George has had a really great season, you know, shooting the ball. He's been a great defender, um, but there's still a chance that he gets in like Jimmy Butler. I don't know what his status is heading into the all-star break and, Right. You know, he, I mean, for some of these dudes, like if you're, if you've got like some even like little nagging injury, like just sit out. Like you've already been named an all-star. You're already quote unquote an all-star and then somebody else can come get in. So I wouldn't, I mean, it still wouldn't surprise me if he gets in in some way, if someone gets hurt or something like that. But uh, I do think he was deserving. I think he's had a great season and I think it, I think it's just not a great look for OKC that he didn't get in. Now, do you say that like you're worried that this would somehow affect or influences a free agent decision? Yeah, yeah, not like fifty percent, maybe like five percent affect his yeah. free agency. Just because like you you come to this team, you're on national TV all the time, and I think that I mean, if you're a rational person, you got to understand like we lost some really bad games, um, and their record isn't good. Like I think that he probably gets it, but still, there's probably a part of him that's like. You know, if I was in L.A., there's no question, like absolutely no question that I'm an all-star. I may be even starting the all-star game, you know, if I'm there. And if those kind of things are important to him, in which he hasn't said those things are important to him. He said that he has bigger goals than that. He said that he, that winning is what he wants. He said all those things. But honestly, you never really know what these dudes are thinking. And we know that with Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant said so many things that led us to believe that he would be here forever. And, you know, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I just don't know what if that is true that Paul George has like bigger goals or whatever. But I still think it stings a little bit, probably. Yeah, and I do, well, just looking at the standings, I feel like if they had won like literally two or three more games, we wouldn't even been having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's how close it was. Yeah, sure. They just. I, I don't think the Thunder have been able to get the stink off like the early part of the season off them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that probably influenced a lot of people. And the fact that, you know, when Robertson was out, Paul George kind of struggled. I mean, he still put up his stats, but um, all those lineups with him in it were not great. And yeah. the bench lineups with him in it haven't been great. Mm-hmm. Um, but he obviously is still a great defender. He has the steals. He has the threes. Um, I, here's my solution. Now, this would only... Um, this is this is only for me, but this would be my solution for the All Star Game because I really don't like. I'm morally opposed to having four people from the same team. Yeah, because this goes back to the, when the Hawks made it and when the Pistons made it. Because when that happens, everyone talks like in the lead up to the game, like, "Oh, I wonder if they're all going to play at the same time." It's like that's what they do all the time. They're always playing together. You can go watch them; they've played hundreds of minutes together, and now they're going to play like an extra three minutes together. And this is what you're excited about. Like the whole point of the All Star Game is that you're doing all these weird combinations. All these guys have never played together. Like that's what it entertains me about the All Star Game. I do not care about watching 
the Warriors play another five minutes together. Right. Yeah. And so I would, and and plus, if you do that, if you if you say if you restrict it to like three, or in my dream world, two, like from you can you can't have more than two from the same team, then that like that's a very small de incentivizer for super teams. Yeah. Like, hey, if you want to go build a super team, that's fine, but there's a good chance you're not going to make the All Star game anymore because we want to get like more diversity in terms of more team representation in this game. And it would just be so much more interesting. Like, I would way more rather see Lou Williams and Nikola Jokic just for like the fun factor. Sure. And plus, those would be more teams that are represented. And those teams are fine. Like, they're in the eighth and ninth spot. It's not like they're some trash team down at the bottom. So I just that that's like my biggest issue. It's not necessary. I know it's specific to the Warriors this year, but I felt the same way like with the Hawks. And and to be fair, in the Hawks year, it was more like, well, the East sucks. Right. <laughs> this would, this would be kind of fun. put out there kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like I like that idea, especially just because I hate the Warriors so much. So that really yeah, there's that extra bonus to it. Coincides <laughs> with that. Yeah. Um, Alex. You want to move on to this week in Thunder history? Oh boy, Andrew, I have a big one this week. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you excited for it. There's a chance uh, later on that you could win ten dollars today. What? I, I will Venmo you ten dollars. I'm gonna ask you some trivia questions. Okay. 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 So for this week in this week in Thunder history. We go back to January 21st, 2009. Now, do you remember anything about January 21st, 2009? Very big day in Thunder history. Um, no. First season in the league. Okay. First season of the Thunder. To set the scene, the Thunder were 8-34 and 34 at the time. They were last in the NBA. They had only totaled two road wins to that point in the season. Wow. But they were 5-5 five and five in their previous 10 games. Things were turning around. And on January 21st, 2009, Andrew, the Thunder had one of their biggest moments of the season. So this was written by Darnell Mayberry. Okay. <laughs> he said, the scene played out like it has so many times this season. On the road, down by one, 1.6 seconds remaining. Only this time, it was the Thunder that walked out winners, stealing a 122-121 victory over Golden State and sending an Oracle Arena crowd home as stunned as the Ford Center faithful has been three times this season. Jeff Green's 16-foot bank shot as time expired against the Warriors on Wednesday could hold much more significance than the first game winner in Thunder history and of Green's young career. Green's back-breaking buzzer beater could go down as the shot that changed the season. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that game? Yeah, I do. So I thought this game was worth mentioning for a few reasons. One, because I remembered it. And it was cool that it was the first buzzer beater in Oklahoma City Thunder history, yeah. which was cool. It was also the first game where KD, Jeff Green, and Westbrook all scored at least 25 points. Huh. It was like one of those rare games where they were all good that first season. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was fun to think, think back on that. Now, for the part where you come in. Okay. So I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Oh I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. You're allowed two misses for this first one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now this one, it, there's no money involved here. This is like a, a practice one. Mm -hmm. Okay. And for the fans at home, I'm going to ask Andrew, how many of the Thunder players who played that night can he name? Okay. I will let you know that there were eight guys who played that night. I'm going to set the over under at six and a half. So if you're playing at home, get your bets in, whether you think Andrew will go over or under six and a half. Oh Are you? Are you ready, Andrew? Yes. Okay, go. Um, Earl Watson. Yeah, correct. Um, Robert Swift. No. He didn't play? No. Oh, man. Nick Carlson. What are the three easy ones? Yes, Nick Carlson. Um, Jeff Green, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. Good, good, good. You have three left. Um... Oh my! <laughs> and that's time. Oh crap! And okay. you only got five. You missed Desmond Mason. Oh, D Mace. Nanad. 
acoustic. I was, I, in my head, I'm like, did they choose, did they acquire? I'm, I couldn't remember, couldn't place the time of year that they traded for or that they acquired him. Like, and the one I don't, free agent. I don't know if you would have ever gotten it was uh, Kyle Weaver. Oh man, I was a big Kyle Weaver fan back in the day. I know. Uh, okay, so now for your chance to actually win money. Okay. We're going to do the same thing, but with the Warriors. Oh my play that match. Okay, but here's the deal. I will Venmo you $10 uh-huh. if you can name five of the nine players. Okay, just five. Okay. That's all you have to do. Okay. Are you ready? Uh-huh. And I'm only going to allow three misses. I'll allow three misses on this. Okay. On your mark, get set, go. Andres Biedrens. No. Oh, man. Uh, Monte Ellis. No. Oh, my goodness. Kalina Azubuki? Yes. Um, oh, my goodness. This is <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't even know. My mind is blank here. No more guesses. You have three seconds, Andrew, to get four more. <laughs> and time. I knew you wouldn't get that, so I wouldn't have to pay you. Uh, Steven Jackson. Oh. Jamal Crawford. Oh. Corey Spaghetti. Dang it. Anthony Morrow. Oh, okay. CJ Watson. Roni Turioff. Anthony Randolph. And the one you would have never gotten because I don't know who he is. Rob Kurz. Oh, man. A-U-R-Z. Rob Kurz. What a team. Yeah. But I I do remember that game, and um, I remember that bank shot by Green. And uh, it was it was a really fun game. And then in the in this article by Darnell Mayberry, he was talking about like hopefully this is going to give them a big boost going forward. Tomorrow night they play the the injury ravaged Clippers, and they they lost the very next night to <laughs> those same Clippers. They were so terrible that first they year. were, but it was fine. It was fine. Hey, uh, you know what? It was fun. It was fine and fun. Yeah. Uh, man, when was Monte Ellis drafted? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where he was. <laughs> I expected to see him there as well. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I don't. I have no idea how I got Kalina as a bookie. I don't know where that came from. I haven't thought of him in so so long. Um, yeah, well, the, I don't know if he's related, but Kansas has an Azubuki. Are are they related? Oh, I have no idea. Oh. I, I don't. I don't know that much about college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it on Twitter. Okay, I know nothing there. Um, all right. Next segment, we're going to talk about the past trade, the deadlines of Sam Presti. And Alex has a ranking for these trade deadlines since they've been in Oklahoma City. So, Alex, you want to set the table? Correct. So, we are we are ranking in terms of goodness the <laughs> trade deadline deals. So, these, these had to have been deals that were actually done, like, right around the trade deadline. Um, so, like, I didn't count the original trade that got Eric Maynard. Cause that, that was like in late December. Mm-hmm. I'm not counting that. Um, and we're also not counting the trades that were done at the 2008 deadline when they were still in Seattle. Cause they were technically not the thunder at that time, even though Sam Presti was making those trades. Um, so let's see how many were there. There were seven, I think 10, 10 trades. And so I've separated them into three categories, good, bad, and then who cares? I don't know. <laughs> Because there was one trade I still don't really know how to evaluate. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go through the good trades. And you'll just tell me you know, if you agree, if, if you think they were good. Um, and then and then I'm going to go from like the worst to the best. Okay. So the worst of the good trades. Uh, 2011, Charlotte trades Nazi Muhammad to OKC for Mo Pete and DJ White. The only reason I put this one in the good is because, you know, Nazi Muhammad, he, he played some good minutes with us and now he's like involved with the organization. You know, not not like a, that exciting of a trade, but, you know, Nazi Muhammad, I think of him as a, th- a Thunder guy now. Yeah, he was really helpful um, to that team. I mean, if you you have to kind of look way back, they didn't have like a center that was worth anything right you know, back then. And, so, and then at the trade deadline, they acquired two and he was good. Yeah. Uh, so the next one was 2009. This was one of their first trades. Um, Chicago trades Tabo Cephalosha to OKC for a first-round pick. Interestingly, that first-round pick would go on to be Taj Gibson, mm-hmm. which that part isn't good. But 
Tabo obviously played a huge role in a lot of those early OKC teams. He was like our first three and D guy, <laughs> apparently also our last. Um, <laughs> and so I, I, I consider that a good trade. Hey, Paul George is a three and D guy. Uh, the, yeah, that's true. I was thinking like a shooting guard, but yes, you're <laughs> correct. Um, you agree that's a good trade? Oh yeah. I think, okay. I mean, that, that was a definitely a transformational trade for that team to get a starter, you know, for, for that first round pick. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, so the next one, 2011, Boston trades Kendrick Perkins and Nate Robinson to OKC for Jeff Green and Ad Christick and a 2012 first round pick that would turn out to be Fab Mello, RIP. Um, that yeah. one I almost put in the I don't know category, but I, I feel like you have to include it as good because Kendrick Perkins was so important just to the culture oh, yeah. of the team. Like, even if you want to talk about how, like, yeah, Scott Brooks shouldn't have played him in the finals against Miami, like, he was still so important to what this team's identity was during the, those years. No question. No, it's that that is a good deal. I think maybe the extension that they gave him was... <laughs> Immediately was it, after they traded for yeah, him? Yeah, I think that was probably the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, and then the best trade deadline deal that I could find was last year. <laughs> Chicago trades Taj Gibson, Doug McDermott, and a second-round pick to OKC for Joffrey Laverne, Anthony Morrow, and Cameron Payne. And then the second-round pick would go on to be used in the Mellow trade. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just such a, a robbery. Oh, and Doug McDermott would go on to be used in the Mellow trade. Yep. Um, and so just because of the <laughs> what we were expecting going into last year's deadline versus what we got, I thought that was the best trade even if it didn't have like the long-term effect, like a Tabo trade or the Kendrick Perkins trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought I had that as my best trade that he has done at the deadline. Yeah. It was absurd. Okay. Did you have any more in the, in like good trades? Um, I mean, this, I mean, I would still consider what they did for Canner to be. Okay. I put that in my, I don't know. That was in the, who cares? I don't know. It was not a who cares, <laughs> but it was definitely an, I don't know. Yeah. So to reset the scene with that trade, Detroit sent us DJ Augustine, Kyle Singler. Please don't forget that, Andrew. <laughs> uh, a 2019 second round pick, which that's that's good. That's still coming up. Yeah. Uh, we got Ennis Cantor and Steve Novak from Utah. Um, we had to send Detroit's second round pick back to Utah, and then we sent Reggie Jackson to Detroit, and then we also sent Grant Jarrett, Kendrick Perkins, Tibor Pleiss. And a 2017 first-round pick, which will be conveyed this year to Minnesota via the Ricky Rubio trade, that all went to Utah. So, obviously, Ennis Cantor was very important for this team. I mean, he helped them beat uh, the Spurs in the 2016 playoffs. Uh, He was part of the Mellow trade to bring Mellow in. But there is that black cloud hanging over this trade that is Kyle Singler. (laughs) And I don't know how to evaluate it. Uh, again, the biggest mistake may have been the uh, contract that he was given post trade. That's true. So maybe I shouldn't even include it because it was more about. Tra- I mean, we at all the, were in- into trading for him. Yeah, at the time, it made a lot of sense. We just didn't know he was going to be so sucky. We just had no yeah. idea. Um, but man, I mean, if you just if you can just take away that game six flamethrower game from Clay Thompson, Thunder go to the finals. I think that they're better than the Cavs that year. They beat the Cavs. Then you have a team that had kind of discovered something. And maybe it transforms the league entirely. Is that like offensive rebounding? If you can defend an offensive rebound, it's something the Thunder is still doing to this day with Steven Adams. But if you can, you know, play good transition defense and offensive rebound, like you are ahead of the game a little bit. Um, Obviously, Kevin Durant leaving and all that stuff like screwed up everything for the thunder for those type of plans being on the top of the league with that strategy. But, um, Kanner was a big part of that. And I think that, you know, I think it's, it's a big deal. And theoretically Kanner would have been dealt, you know, that summer if Kevin Durant decided to stay, they were going to dump him and, you know, find a way to get out Horford in all that stuff. So like, I get that going forward, he wasn't going to be a huge part of the thunder, but, uh, 
I still think that he did great things for the Thunder. He's a very fun guy. So I, I would think I think that it's still a solid trade for you know a disgruntled Reggie Jackson who's right had a lot of injuries and hasn't been great going forward. And you know there, there's the problem with Reggie is that it's just a bad bad timing because there's so many good point guards in the NBA that there wasn't just like a a real need around the NBA for a guy like Reggie. Yeah, and arguably outside of those first couple months with Detroit. Like his trade values just continued to go further and further down. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the Thunder really did believe in, in Singler and they thought that he could be a, a 3 and D wing moving forward, coming off the bench. Uh, they believed in him so much so that they gave him uh, a million chances to, to prove that he's <laughs> not any good. Um, but yeah, I, I can I can see where you're coming from. Uh, and getting Augustine, you know, he also didn't contribute. I mean, basically everybody but Canner really disappointed, and I, at that time, like everybody's like, who, like Ennis Canner, like what is, what does he do, like who is he? And I mean, it was really kind of an interesting trade deadline because it, it looked like we were going to get Brooke Lopez, right? Yeah, and, you know, in hindsight, maybe Lopez would have been better, um, but you just don't know. Like, does is Lopez willing to come off the bench? Um, he certainly told people that he was not going to re-sign with Oklahoma City if he was traded there. Um, had they won the title, that may have changed some things. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a, I don't know. It's That was a weird trade deadline, like a really pivotal trade deadline for the Thunder. And it was, it's hard to say that they that it was bad. But I think I've... I think maybe I've come to the same place that you are. It's like, I don't know. Like maybe they could have, maybe they could have done better, but it's yeah. still like, I think it's still had a positive impact on the team. And then, um, the two who cares trades were, uh, we traded Eric Maynard in 2013 to Portland for the draft rights to Georgios Princesis. I think it's pronounced pretzels. Oh, pretzels, George pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then 2009, we traded Chris Wilcox to the Knicks for Malik Rose. Now, why was that trade more significant than it seemed, though, Andrew? Because not too uh, long before that, the Thunder had a trade in place for a man named Tyson Chandler that included Chris Wilcox. And it also included Joe Smith and the rights to a guy named Devon Harden, who I've never seen in person. Um <laughs> And that was going to be the deal to get the Thunder Tyson Chandler on February 19th, 2009. It was rejected um, because of our, our, our staff, Dr. Carlin Yates. If you're looking for a fall man, if you're looking for somebody <laughs> that uh, really screwed the Thunder's chances of ever winning a championship with this core, it's Dr. Carlin Yates. Okay, that's who it is. You still have so much resentment about that failed trade. It that was, I mean, it was. It would have been one of the steals. It would have been something that we'd be talking about today. Like, wow, can you believe we got Tyson Chandler, who went on to be a defensive player of the year after yeah. the trade and help uh, the Mavs win a championship? Yeah, they don't. The Mavs don't win the championship without him. The Thunder maybe get to the finals. Maybe they don't beat the Heat, but they get to the finals. And it's like, whoa, like, look what we have here. You can still trade Jeff Green for somebody else. Like, if the Thunder don't want to move into restricted free agency with Jeff Green, you can still move on from him and bring in another piece or bring in another draft pick. I mean, it was a pivotal thing. And they screwed themselves on that. And what they got back was Malik Rose. And it's like, oh, wah, wah. I mean, it's really bad. It was, yeah, there's there's really no bad. bigger indication that that was a huge steal than the fact that one of the components of it was <laughs> traded a few days later for Malik Rose. Right. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was an absolute steal. It would have been it would have been transformational to this Thunder team, and you know, uh, it to me, it's the biggest what if because I think that that he is their clearest path to a title. You know, the, they got Perk, and I think Perk really helped this team. Um, but he was never really healthy. He had that knee injury when they traded for him. He was never the guy they thought he was going to be. Uh, and Tyson Chandler is kind of everything that they wanted in a big that can play tough defense, protect the rim. He's by all accounts, a really great leader. Uh, I really think that he could have elevated that young thunder team quickly. 
I th- to me, it's the biggest what if. I know the Harden trade after that, but I think that you get a guy like Chandler on that team. I think it just changes everything going forward. So yeah. Um, so those those yeah. are my two. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, so there were three bad trade deadline deals. Yeah. Um, I will do best of the worst to worst. Um, so 2015. Uh, the Pelicans traded a 2016 second-round pick, which was protected and never conveyed, to OKC for Ish Smith, the draft rights to Latavius, Latavius, Latavius Williams, yeah. and a 2015 second-round pick, which was also never conveyed. This one I said was bad because uh, Ish Smith is still playing in the NBA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's possible that if they would have kept him, it would have prevented both the Samaj experience mm-hmm. and the Ronnie Price experience, which I did not know this until I was catching up on Dunked On podcast, but he is costing OKC over $8 million this year yeah. in luxury tax payments, that which a, like blew my mind. That's a weird, it's, it's a weird dumb move by the Thunder. One, the Thunder rarely do like stupid salary cap moves, like to screw themselves. Yeah. Uh, and, the the biggest thing is giving Ronnie Price two years. Like who in the world is giving Ronnie Price two years? <laughs> Guaranteed. And if I mean if you really if you really like him after one, I'll bet you you can get him again. <laughs> his his leadership score must have been like a hundred. Oh, it must have been off off the charts. <laughs> I mean Sam. I mean that's is a big mistake by Sam. And then and then the bigger mistake after that is what they did. They waved him. And then bring in Samaj because like he plays like two good games in the preseason. It's yeah. like, what in the world is happening here? Uh, it, that, I mean that I'll give them a little bit of I'll give them some leeway because they did uh, just lose Kevin Durant and maybe that was just like a stress like I don't know what I'm doing move. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of wild that they got rid of. Uh, Ronnie Price because they were so impressed with Smosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh man, we'll, we got we got to throw away this two year guaranteed contract for this guy. Right. <laughs> it's impacting them. I mean, if they're gonna, I mean, they're gonna pay the luxury tax, and they're, I mean, Ronnie Price on the books for over eight million dollars because of all the tax and all that. I mean, that's that's insane. It's it absolutely is insane. All right, what's next? I'm now starting to think that that one's actually worse than I initially put it at. Uh, okay, 2013, the Knicks traded Ronnie Brewer to OKC for a 2014 second-round pick yeah. in cash. Um, second-round pick turned out to be Xavier Thames. Um, this one this one was bad. Obviously, the pick, who cares? It didn't turn out to be anyone. But Ronnie Brewer, he only played 14 games for OKC, <laughs> shot 26% from the field, 20% from three. Um, they obviously didn't give up a lot for it. But it was just one of those trade deadline moves that goes along with the worst one that I'm about to bring up. Um, just these like random guys who are more defense first and can't really shoot. You know, they were always trying to find just like a diamond in the rough three and D player. Mm-hmm. And they never really found one. Um, so the worst one, though, was 2016. Denver yeah. traded as Randy Foy to OKC for DJ Augustine. Steve Novak and two second round picks and and cash. Now the second round picks, it's actually kind of interesting. One of them turned out to be uh, Peter without the second E. So Peter Corneli. And then the other one was Daniel Hamilton. So literally four months later, Denver would trade this pick back to OKC for $730,000. Weird. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, Randy Foy, of course, played 27 games for OKC. He played in 16 playoff games. Uh, he had a 20% turnover percentage in the playoffs, <laughs> meaning that he was turning it over <laughs> around 20 times for every 100 possessions. Uh, he shot 35% from the field, 31% from three. Oh, wow. I remember being very excited about him. I'm sure I could go back in my Twitter feed and <laughs> there would be stuff about how excited I was for Randy Foy because I was completely disillusioned. I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> We just wanted a wing so bad. Like we just wanted any kind of depth, and so we were excited when we got Randy Foy. Yeah, was Randy Foy even in the league after that? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if he was. He was pretty terrible. Uh, you should call this category the Randys and the Ronnies. <laughs> I like that. Randys and the Ronnies. Uh, he played 
in yeah, he played uh, 69 games with oh. Brooklyn the following year. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I I agree with your assessments on on almost all of this. I think I mean I last year's trade was just unbelievable and Presty has the expectations going into this trade deadline are pretty high because of that. Um, but that Bulls organization, for some reason, were enamored with Cameron Payne. And from the report, it took them two days to, to not be enamored <laughs> with him anymore. Um, did you read that article where it said that he... The, the first day of practice was really bad and they didn't write him off because they thought he was nervous. And then after the second practice, they were like, this dude's not any good. Yeah. That yeah, that was rough for them. Yeah. But plus because uh you know, they knew they probably knew at that point that they were going to explore trading Jimmy Butler. Um and they did end up getting a point guard, another one that they had coveted previously. Mm-hmm. Um because there were all those rumors that they were going to trade for Chris Dunn back at the draft time. Um yeah, that was just a, it was a weird trade to give up that much for a position that like wasn't, I mean, it was important to them. They needed a point guard because they really didn't have a lot there. Yeah. Um, but they also knew that in a couple months, we're probably going to be exploring blowing this team up. Yeah. And good on, good on Presti for, you know, basically admitting a mistake that he made by selecting cam and going and getting some other assets. You know, you look back at guys like a Perry Jones or Jeremy lamb and guys like that. And you just wonder like, what, like, did they have value? Like, you just don't know. Like, you just don't know what other right. teams think of these guys along the way. You just have to wonder if there's some regret not trading one of those guys because, you know, Perry Jones is out of the league. You know, they ended up trading uh, Jeremy Lamb for a second-round pick. Like, you just, you know, you just have to wonder if, you know, what was what could have been on the table for those guys. And so and that's why you have to kind of look at a guy like an Alex Abrinas and even a Terrence Ferguson. I know the Thunder really, really believe in Terrence Ferguson. I know they really liked Alex Abrinas, but I think that you have to look at those guys and think, you know, they don't have great value right now. But if they're if you know one or two teams does value them, like it's especially with this team, I feel like you just have to go get somebody that can play. And you know, Alex Abrinas, I think that he'll go on to have a good NBA career depending on where he lands. Um, but I just I just think that they need to go get somebody that can come in and play. And last night the bench was great, but if they could just have one more wing that could come in, he doesn't have to be a great defender, he doesn't have to be a great shooter, but if you can have a guy that can come in and play defense and hit, you know, thirty four or thirty five percent from three, like the Thunder need another one of those guys. They just do. Is there anyone that you personally are targeting? <laughs> Not you personally. <laughs> Just trying to bring this dude into my my personal home. <laughs> but but like a realistic target. Because honestly, like guys like Rodney Hood, like I just don't know if it's realistic because I feel like they're going to get a first-round pick for him. Yeah, maybe. I, I just, the more I've talked to people about Rodney Hood, the more I'm like, oh, like maybe people don't really like him. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, I think the perception of him has definitely changed over time. Um, I really like a. I think a guy like Alec Burks would help this team a lot because he's a decent spot up guy. He can handle. He can create. He's big enough to where if like Robertson can't play, if you know they play Houston in some kind of matchup and they're hacking him to, like the entire second quarter, like you can bring him in and he can be. He can be. He'll be fine. Uh, his health is definitely an issue. I, you know, the Jazz would love to get off of his contract, so I don't think that it would cost the Thunder, you know, through the roof to get a guy like that. So that, I mean, that would be a guy that I think would help, and I think the Jazz would be. I mean, if the Jazz got back an Alex Abrinas or an Alec Burks, I think they would be really happy about that. Um, and maybe you can even talk them into taking Kyle's contract. You know, if you did like an Abrinas for and Singler for Alec Burks, you know, it it helps. Because, I mean, you can stretch Singer's contract out if you want. You know, he really only has two years guaranteed left. Um, and then you get a, a shooting guard, you know, a good look at Alex Abrinas to see if he's a part of your future. Which, And I just don't think Burks is a part of their future. So that that's definitely a guy that I'd look at. And then I don't know if they could swing a deal for Courtney Lee. The Knicks have struggled lately, and we'll see where they head, you know, into the trade deadline. If, if they can get their hands on a Kimba Walker, clearly they, they wouldn't want to trade Lee because he could help them. You know, maybe get to the eighth spot or something like that. But um, yeah, somebody in that mold that's a 
quasi two-way wing. So that's those are the guys that I'd look at. Um, are you going to do a uh, emergency pod if Kyle is traded? <laughs> I really hope he's not traded because I'm, I'm trying. We're trying to get him on the Dream Team podcast. And so, really? Yeah. So I'm I'm really hoping that he doesn't get traded anytime soon that we can <laughs> get him on because I, I think he'd be hilarious. I just think it would just be absurd. Like he's. I've been around him a little bit and I've heard a lot of stories about him. He's by all accounts, a great guy, just a big, big weirdo, but a great guy. I was, uh, I was doing some research on him last night, uh, because I was, I wanted, I was thinking about trying to come up with like a two truths and a lie game for some of these players. (laughs) So, uh, So I was just looking up some basic facts on Kyle Singler, but did you know that in his junior year of high school, he lost in the championship game to Kevin Love's team. Oh, and, and this was all out in Oregon, um, Lake Oswego. And then his senior year, he beat Kevin Love's team to win the championship. Wow. Actually, Very cool. I think I did know that because I've watched like a, there's a mini doc of Kyle Singler out there. on. A, oh, on OK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. I didn't realize that's what you were getting into. <laughs> you haven't seen it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, that's pretty great. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the show today. Please follow him on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Really funny. He's got great Thunder tweets. Uh, you will not regret it at Al Baby Cakes. Follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. You guys are doing a great job of leaving us five star iTunes reviews. We are getting so so close to three hundred. It would just it would just make me feel better to have that round number. So if you got time today, uh, it's just something that you can do uh, to kind of thank us uh, for putting out shows week in week out. And if you're uh, been listening, uh, we just appreciate that. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you again on Friday.